Hi, you are now listening to The Secret Life of a Grad Student. I'm Megan. I'm Law, and we are two grad students who want to share the untold stories of graduate students past and present. Okay, we are now recording the why. Yeah, I'll better conversation <laughs> this time hopefully hopefully um okay i'm megan garber i'm law and we are today uh talking together to figure it out like why we decided to talk about conference and travel we are looking for episodes all along the way of what is the journey of being a phd student and it came out that it was a very big point to talk about. Yeah, so Laura, you actually picked this topic, and yeah. I actually wanted to ask you directly, why did you pick this topic? Are you interviewing me right now? Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, the, the reason why I thought about conference and travel as a PhD uh, student, why it does matter is because myself, I'm French, as I, you can hear. And I actually left France when I was 17 to study in Switzerland. And uh, while I was in Switzerland, I didn't have the opportunity to do uh, an exchange, uh, which I missed a lot, but that gave me a lot of um, willpower to, at the end of my master, to go out and look for a university to do my master thesis. So I came in California, the UC Berkeley, to do my master thesis and then now I'm like still here to do my PhD and I'm doing more conferences all around the world. So I think I think it's a big component and it's a great opportunity as a scientist to have this access all around the world to mm-hmm. travel uh, because in some c- scientific careers, like when you're a medical doctor, you don't have these, it's di- more difficult to actually perform, like use your skills in other places in the world because legislation, like uh, the law. Legislation. Legislation change a lot. And so you're not allowed. um, Oh, you can as a doctor practice in other countries. Yeah. You can attend conferences. You can attend conferences, but I'm, in this episode, it's not just about the conferences that we, I'm emphasizing Mm -hmm. the traveling because also, Doing a PG you can do it somewhere, but you can also do a postdoc and a second postdoc and a third postdoc elsewhere in the world. Right. So that's why I thought it was a pretty cool yeah. topic to, to talk about. For me, I, I'm going to say why I think it's cool. Yeah. So for me, like I was actually like really sold on this topic when I interviewed Pablo. Um, so like as I was going through the interview with Pablo, I was like, this is why we're doing this topic and like yeah. it like clicked for me. And so like for me, this podcast is kind of about like picking apart like the themes of the things that people in grad school experience. And I think like some of the things that came up in his interview were so thematic, like the anxiety the like imposter syndrome, all that stuff like that mm-hmm. we as grad students experience as young scientists and then like to kind of see how that precipitates as we like potentially like get older and become more established. Yeah, um, but at the same time, okay, when you do a PhD, you obviously growing up a lot in mm-hmm. your in your career and you're developing so many skills. 
But when you do your PhD and you're not in your comfort zone because you're in, in another country, right. you have this. You have to develop so much more adaptability that is obviously very good for the future, for your future career. Even if you go back in your home country, you will have learned so much more. Mm -hmm. So that's why for traveling, this idea of going out of your comfort zones and even in, uh, in and in, feeling um, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, and feeling uncomfortable, having another language to deal with it, like mm -hmm. uh, so many aspects of being just an immigrant and <laughs> things like that. So we don't think about it, but out, outside of the lab, this mm -hmm. is the reality of your world. Yeah, it's so true. I, I was like, man, this is a cool topic. <laughs> just for, like, there are so many... Um, I mean, we're, we're really only scraping the surface by yeah. interviewing three people, but there are so many interesting, like, so many interesting stories out there about, like, people who have traveled to different places uh, through their scientific connections. Yeah. And you were talking about before that we, we go through the imposter syndrome and these kind mm -hmm. of, like, topics through the PhD. Um, another one is obviously, like, depression that we're going to, in the future, uh, talk about it like more mm -hmm. deep, uh, deeply, but uh, thing that we don't think is that when you travel and you don't have your family, you don't have they are not next to you. It's actually make you in a very fragile position. And so when I was talking, so not with Marin and I, I don't know yet about Nina Diesel, <laughs> but when we when I was talking with other scientists that uh, went uh, abroad and left there all family and their whole entire family count on them mm -hmm. to make career they like put all the eggs in one basket with one person so much pressure right. and and it's even more reasons to like uh, to break down and everything but um, the they survive and I think it's um, it's just make them very stronger I feel like there's like another aspect to it though because like there's like traveling and leaving your home and going elsewhere, but like I personally have not done that. I mean, you um, come from the <laughs> from the East Coast, so yeah. But like, maybe I've been in, I've been in California for ten years, so okay. and and I haven't actually left the the Bay Area bubble, mm -hmm. uh, other than to go to conferences. Yeah. Um, so I haven't like traveled long term and gone to other labs and kind of like immersed myself in research there. But I do want to highlight that that's not the only way that you can travel as a grad student. You can go to these conferences. And we also talk about that in this episode. Yeah. And I actually just came back from one. Oh, uh, yeah. Where have you been? Uh, in California. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really don't want really to leave the like bubble. <laughs> <laughs> just down south in Ventura so we went to this conference and it's it's amazing like the amount of exposure that you can get just from leaving your lab and even just going like you know yeah just down south yeah um like you just get um all of this access to all of this information that you can't necessarily process in your own lab yeah and also you get to hear from the experts in your arena. So like maybe your lab, and I feel like this is kind of the case with my lab. It's like we work on one thing and one thing only. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't necessarily get to see 
what other people are working on in my research area yeah. without reading papers. Yeah. And there are so many things that I can miss in my, like, uh, my scan of all the papers that are out there because there's course. so many papers being yeah. published every day. But also, and when you go to conference, you... Uh, get the chance to also listen what's about to come out. So oh, you, yeah. you have like kind of like this preview, this trailer about what's gonna mm -hmm. come out. So it gives you a heads up about if you have an idea of exploring or if you actually sadly get about to be scooped out, oh, yeah. you can find out also at conferences. So yeah. for, for this case, it's kind of feel like being uh, taking a heads up on on the science yeah there's kind of like a dichotomy there a double-edged sword like it can be both inspiring like i know that like i mm -hmm. have definitely seen research you know preliminary research that has inspired ideas in my own research and then like you can also see research that's so tangential to your own yeah that's that it actually can, that can it actually can bring up a lot of anxiety uh, yeah. and make you feel like uh i don't know like Again, shit, impost shit, yeah, shit. <laughs> imposter syndrome and, yeah. and everything and the competition, uh, the competition can be strong. Oh man, I gotta bring this point up yeah. uh, just because it came up and I, I thought it was super interesting. So like at the conference we were kind of talking about the imposter syndrome and like two things kind of came up. There was like this one person who was like, my research is the type of research that no one at this conference does. And then, like, so everyone yeah. at the conference, like, kind of works in tangent to yeah. it, but she's kind of, like, off on her own okay. island doing her work. And then, like, someone else was, like, my research is, like, the topic that, like, everyone we at this conference yeah. studies, and, like, it really, there's so much overlap between, yes. like, what I do and what other people do that it's very, very hard to differentiate. And it kind of, like, created this, like, interesting vision to me, because there's both, like, the, like, like I think that the person who is experiencing on the one hand being on an island probably experiences like a lot of imposter syndrome yeah because it's like does it really matter what I'm doing right. like why am I the only one studying that and and mm -hmm. yes and like it takes a lot of courage I think to like overcome to that push, and yeah. working on that thing that no one else is really working on because you're really at the the edge of novelty. I mean, that's kind of what happened with Minavisel and a lot of people who right. actually break through with science, that like they are the only one believing <laughs> into their work and and then eventually they just get to yeah. make it work and show to the world. That. And, and then you go to these conferences and people are like, well, I don't, like, you're not really working in, on like the tangential thing that I'm working on that everyone else is working yeah. on, so I don't necessarily believe you. Yeah, or, um, yeah. And then, and then, like, there's the other side of that, which is, like, the all my work overlaps with everyone else, so I have all this anxiety about getting yes. scooped. Yeah. And which I thought was interesting to just kind of, like, envision both. that. Yeah. So what I like with conferences, so I think we should, like, just specify to the audience oh, yeah. that we are very lucky in our lab because we, as a PhD student, if we want to do any conferences, we can go. Right. We have, uh, our lab has a specific fundings and they think that graduate students matter, so they let us going out and exploring the world by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And and so for that, that makes, uh, so of course we can't really like, we're not going to abuse it because every time that you go out for conference, it means that you don't do your research, but it's still a good time to do a break in your research because it's most of the time it's kind of like an entire week 
uh, of conference. If you go in summer school, it can be up to like three weeks. So you really have to uh, yeah. So make you hear a step that, down. Angela, I'm not like going partying every night of those conferences <laughs> <laughs> and abusing the fact that I have this free trip. Yes, other <laughs> friends of mine when we were talking about it, they were just like. Oh, I just look at where I want to travel in the right. world, and I'm looking if there is a conference over there. <laughs> like, interesting. <laughs> I so, mean, it is a good way to like do your travel bucket list, but at the same time, like, it is so important to participate. Yeah, in the conference. Oh, you will definitely miss a lot if you just go there for the for the city and not to actually mm-hmm. meet your peers that you're reading. So that's the aspect of um, for me going to conferences you go into very you 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 field of area and you're going to meet all those people that you've been reading yeah and you're like oh they look like that like i and you talk to them you're like they are super nice they are super accessible oh sometimes you'll be like um this person uh i I put in such on a pedestal like because of his research and actually he's not super accessible and he doesn't really it doesn't want to talk to me like that's <laughs> why i feel like it's like meeting celebrities sometimes. yeah exactly you're almost like can i have a you're signature like, can I get an <laughs> i definitely yeah. did that with jennifer dudna yes. <laughs> oh man i um uh it's, it would be very funny if he ended up listening to this but like i definitely like last year at a conference hunted down michael laub and was like you need to talk to me <laughs> I was so excited. Yeah. Um, oh, man. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So your first conference and your last conference during your PG is not at all the oh, same. The, the first same time you all. go out, you're like freaking out. You have the thing you go for an exam. And then you realize that actually everybody's very relaxed, very open and mm-hmm. wants just to talk and like share and have drinks to talk about science and things like that. Or not, just to talk about your life. And, and also you have to take the opportunity to think that outside of uh, your PhD mm-hmm. is that you might actually meet your future employer and co-workers. So it's a good moment to either all the time present a poster or talk because it's the way to shine. So, and, and reach yeah. people. So, so I think like, I think I agree with that. Like you should always like click the button to present a poster. Yeah, at least, and, yeah. And now I'm learning, like I feel like I'm still like in that like young, like naive scientist phase of my career. And like at the last conference, I was like, why didn't I do this? I like didn't click the button for, oh, really? the, for the for the main conference. Okay. I clicked the button for like the seminar, which is kind of like yeah. just for the young scientists where it was like, oh, I feel like I'm in my comfort zone in my wheelhouse, but I didn't click the button to be uh, considered for a talk for like the main conference yeah and I like kind of wish I did so so I actually did it so I'm going to a conference in Rome in Mm -hmm. less than a month now and because of like administration issues I couldn't like book super in advance but I wanted to present so much a talk to this Mm -hmm. fungal genetic conference that I contact them by email in advance tell them like don't worry, I'm going to come. It's just I can't book right now, but I want to talk so bad. So here's my abstract. Here's everything. Like, please, 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 please let me talk. And then, I, and then they, as soon as I, like, register later, they got back to me immediately yeah. by email saying, like, you're going to present your research. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And what's so 
good about giving a talk like and this is like when your research is ready for that obviously yeah and I think this happens like as you are kind of later in yeah your yeah you can't develop yeah yeah you need to have results to right present. yes um I think what's great is it just gives you so much exposure yeah like poster sessions are fine for exposure but basically like the like in my opinion just like the layout of the room isn't always optimal for yeah. like getting people to look at your posters and you know some some people which is great and I really really commend them for doing this some people like navigate the poster room during the talks and kind of like get a sense for the posters that they really want to visit beforehand but like that won't always happen and you may not get to interface with Yes. The person that you really want to interface yes, with. Yes, so true. So giving a talk enables that person to see your work, and then maybe, like, they'll come up to you after, or maybe they won't. It doesn't really matter, yeah. but at least they get... Yeah, like, and they can always, like, doing. actually, you talked about your paper, and so then they're going to go online and read your paper, which is right. always, like, one more thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so definitely. And like that person could be your future employer. Exactly. So, yeah. so that's why there is many reasons. And um, and and if in your lab you don't have the opportunities to actually uh, get fundings to go to conferences, there is other ways scholarships. to. Yeah, there is scholarships. So many grants. scholarships available. So like, your PI may not want to fund students to go to conferences, but maybe maybe there are other ways to get that funding. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think there is a lot of organizations and that uh, promote this kind of uh, aperture mm -hmm. and opportunities. So uh, you can always find information on, online. It's, it's a bit more tricky. It requires more work, but right. it's definitely worth it. Anything else, Laura? Uh, I think no, I'm pretty... We, we shot yeah. the shit? Yeah. We did it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We got it all. <laughs> Okay, so if there is anything to take as a take-home message from our why we wanted to talk about conference and travel is that it gives you the opportunity to go to different environments, so going out of your comfort zone, developing your presentation skills, um, take a break from your research, seek for help because sometimes your PI can't really help you, but uh, peers that are on the other side of the, the, the earth can help help you and also uh, create help you to create connection with them because they see you and then they want more to talk to you than just a simple email um yeah developing you your networking um tons tons of reasons so in the rest of the series we are going to be talking more about conference and travel through our interviews of our emerging scientist, Marin Vares, our rising scientist, Pablo Cruz Morales, and our established scientist, Mina Bissell. And we think that, uh, like we know in some cases, we've interviewed some of them and not others, uh, but basically through the interviews, you're gonna see a lot of the things that we talked about in the why come up throughout. Um, and I think that they're just, the stories are just gonna just kind of bring everything that we kind of discussed in this like informal fashion to life um, and I think More you're really concrete gonna, examples yeah they're gonna be like really really concrete examples of everything you're gonna hear like those real-life stories the experiences of real people uh, who are doing science today and I think that that's gonna I don't know maybe shape some opinions on why or why not to get involved in conference and travel yeah yeah so, so stay tuned yeah thanks so much for thanks. listening thanks for listening <laughs>
Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.